Hello everyone, it is 7 a.m. on the east coast of the United States and 9 o'clock in Melbourne and I welcome you to this live episode of A Yank on the Footy for excuse me, for June the 29th of 2021. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio and I'm thrilled that you're listening. Well, those of you who are listening to the episode after it's been published because uh, it looks like maybe we're not going to get a whole lot of people turning out for the live episode tonight because... Uh, if Twitter is a good indicator, it looks as though a lot of you are celebrating the fact that Marley just won Big Brother Australia. So, congratulations to Marley, whoever they happen to be. I couldn't tell you because I don't watch, well, well, one, I don't watch uh, reality TV in Australia, and I don't watch reality TV quotes around reality uh, in the U.S. either, unless you call watching footy reality TV, I guess. So I'm glad that you could uh, check out the episode. We're going to dig into some issues this week. Uh, the more things uh, change, the more things stay the same. Uh, we're noticing right now there have been some fluctuations in the in the, the fixture uh, in terms of who's playing where. Today is, or this week is beginning to look a little bit like an episode of the TV show Stranger Things. Uh, so we're almost in the upside down with the... Uh, the hub situation being set up in Victoria now rather than in Queensland, New South Wales. And uh, my best wishes for all of you who are being impacted by this. It, it's, uh, it's hard to read a lot of the things that many of you are posting on social media with regards to how things are getting taken care of related to the pandemic in Australia, related to COVID and the, I believe the Delta strain now. Um, I hear that the World Health Organization now has, uh, has issued a statement that even fully vaccinated people should start wearing masks again, uh, especially indoors. I don't know. This is just, it's, uh, this is not a political show, but I'm somebody who's very much involved in politics. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay outside of all of that so i'm here to talk some footy uh so i want to invite you to uh, check out the podcast website yankonthefooty.com if you want to help out the show that'd be a great this be a great way to do it by checking out the uh buy me a coffee page or the redbubble storefront i have a couple of uh new designs that are in the works i've started actually using some of the designs that that i currently have in some of my Instagram posts to allow uh, those to be seen by some people. So it's uh, it is a it's a great way to help out the show if you want to do that to to uh, help offset and defray some of the costs involved in running the show, which can get a little a little pricey there. So if you want to do that, that's great. If you don't, that's okay as well. I do hope to check out the website and get signed up on the mailing list. So when new episodes do come out, I can get those into your email as soon as they get published. If there's going to be a new live episode that's going to happen, I can send you the link for that before it goes live. So you can hop in there as soon as it, uh, as soon as it gets there. I see somebody hopped in the, uh, in the message board here. I can't tell. There's a few letters and a whole bunch of numbers in the name here. So I'm not sure who that is, but it looks like a very nice wedding photo in their little icon there. So. Welcome to the live stream there. Again, you can check out yankonthefooty.com. You've got all kinds of information there about the podcast. 
You can reach out to me at yank underscore on on Twitter, a yank on the footy at gmail.com. And also on Instagram and on Facebook at a yank on the footy. So the local footy club for this episode, before we go any further, and I wanted to get, I wanted to make sure I got into this. The local footy club for this episode are the Marble Range Magpies of the Port Lincoln Football League in South Australia. And Marble Range plays their games in Wangari. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Wangari, Wangari. Uh, Wangari sounds like it would be pronounced properly there, which is located north of Coffin Bay and close to Lake Wangari. On Saturday, the league, uh, the league club, the senior club, defeated the Molly, Molly Park Peckers 146 to 21. So a huge victory for them. So congratulations to the Magpies on that win. And I do have to give a shout out and a congratulations to the Peckers for having what might be the most interesting team nickname I've run across in a long time. The Magpies are back in action for their round 10 matchup uh, on July 17th against the Tasman Roosters. And I'll put a link to their information in the show notes when this episode comes out. So wanted to dive into some of the things going on in the news this week with relations to footy, but the, uh, oh, that's Loka that's hopped on there. Hello there, sir. Speaking of, um, somebody who's been working on some of the, the new graphics there, this is the, this is, uh, the gentleman who has been working on that and he and I need to still talk about that. Uh, he's very gracious to help out with that. And I, yeah, I, I do appreciate it. I, I'm looking forward to showing that to everyone but we need to you know we need to talk about that before i can do that but uh as i was mentioning at the outset there the uh the the footy world and and australia is now kind of like uh stranger things in the upside down because last year while the the victorian clubs were fleeing and heading to new south wales and heading to uh Queensland or playing games down in South Australia or in West Australia and Victoria was pretty much closed off. It's the antithesis. It's the opposite of that right now. Now you've got Brisbane, you've got West Coast, you've got uh, Gold Coast and Fremantle who are all traveling to Victoria and are going to be playing games either there or possibly in Tasmania going forward here in Launceston. Um, and I always get that name. I think I got it right that wrong. I, that time i usually get it wrong though and i somebody sent me the correct pronunciation and i wrote it down and i don't have that paper in front of me here so but yeah there's been a lot of uh fluctuation in terms of where games are being played i'll just give you a hint great opportunity for you tigers supporters hopefully you'll show up i know i've been giving you grief about that and and let's be honest uh whether it has any soul or not you're getting another road game at home, so hopefully you'll show up for this one. Okay? We'll talk about that more in a few minutes here. But, you know, Victoria is uh, is opening up to allow these clubs to come in and hopefully get the, the, the competition to continue this year. It just, <clears throat> it sounds as though many of you who are in Australia who are listening are what's possibly the uh the the best way is uh to describe it is it, it's just you're frustrated and and I don't think you're necessarily frustrated with 
the fact that you're you know necessarily back in lockdown. I, I think you're frustrated with. And again, I said I wasn't going to get political on this, and whether at whichever party that sort of thing. Sounds like you're not terribly happy, and you're a little frustrated with the way that your public officials have handled everything that's gone on, and you're hoping to get that resolved. And and I hope that happens as well. You know, we've got some places around the United States where we're getting close to you know forty. 50% in some places, even a little bit higher in terms of total number of people who are vaccinated. Others have chosen not to be vaccinated. So, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens with this, but it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a global issue that, that is kind of getting linked in with this, this game that we all love in the, you know, they say sometimes that the show must go on. Well, in this case, the games are still going on. And hopefully it's going to be our our pleasant distraction for for us as we're, as we're dealing with all these things that are happening. So, you know, hopefully the powers that be get their ducks in a row and allow people to get the uh, the vaccinations if they if they so desire that they're able to, you know, to get back out to be with their loved ones. And I mean, I've seen photos and images and, and things like that on Twitter over the last um, 24, 36 hours of people who have been, you know, saying goodbye. And this is, and it sounds horrible to describe it this way, that they're, you know, they're saying goodbye to loved ones and that sort of thing because they're they're going into lockdown and they don't want to, you know, maybe there's been some exposures here and there and a few cases in a major metropolitan area and they're being told to stay away from other family members until this gets resolved. And, you know, they may have, you know, I saw one that was a, you know, a young person who was who was going to be stepping away for their parents and not sure when they were going to see their parents again because of the lockdowns going on in the city that they lived in. And that's, you know, that's heartbreaking. And we went through a lot of that here in the States last year because there were times where, you know, I I didn't, you know, I didn't go visit my mom for quite some time and she lives about a 10 minute drive away. Yeah, I talked to her very frequently on the phone, but there was quite a bit of time where I was not interacting with her because I was concerned about protecting her health because, you know, I work in a position where I interact with hundreds of people every day as a school teacher. And, uh, you know, I was one trying to, you know, make sure something didn't happen to her, but then I was also, you know, looking out for myself as well. So a lot of, a lot of, uh, Frustration, I think, is probably the the word that I can best describe what I'm seeing on social media, and I I hope it gets resolved for you soon, and I hope that you're able to uh, to get back to uh, to doing your normal activities and being out in public, especially those of you who are in in places who are now going into lockdowns for the first time. So I, I guess if you're in Queensland, uh, if you're in New South Wales reach out to your friends in Victoria and seek out some advice from them because they've got lots of practical experience with this. They can help you out with this. Uh, Leave a roll of toilet paper for your friends though. Okay. That's just the best advice that I can have for you. So, you know, the, the big news of the week back to footy though, is, you know, Patty Cripps did sign a, a, a pretty lengthy six year deal this past week. Uh, you know, there had been some speculation and talk, and, and, and it wasn't necessarily coming out of his camp, but a lot of people in Western Australia thinking maybe he was going to head back to uh, the west coast of the country and, and, and possibly join 
Fremantle because uh, you know it didn't sound like the the Eagles were going to have room in their salary cap to fit somebody of his stature in. Uh, but Blue supporters, you can go ahead and, and you know, rest assured with the fact that, that he has stayed with your club. Now, it remains to be seen what happens with that club. Because, again, this is a club that's got a lot of talent, but has just not shown it on the grounds very much. Uh, and it's, uh, I know it's frustrating for you. Uh, now, your, your friends who are supporters of other clubs who have been successful recently, I'm sure are reveling in the fact that your club, that the, that the blues continue to spin their wheels. Um, but hopefully they'll get things turned around. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot of talent on that club and it's just figuring out how to get it into action. And, you know, I wanted to look at uh, some of the things that went on this past round as well. And, and I have to ask, and I, I, and I don't know the answer to this. So those of you who are listening to this after the fact, um, Thursday and Friday of last week, Thursday and Friday night's games, uh, the uh, Lions and the Cats and the uh, Saints and the Tigers. Have we ever seen anything like that happen before in the history of the game? I'm sure it's happened, but I can't recall it in the five years I've been watching the game. But we had the two clubs that played in the grand final last year. Of course, the Tigers who won and the Cats who, you know, gave up a significant lead at halftime uh, to lose the game. Both of those clubs this past week lost games in the same round by more than 40 points. I mean, two, let's just be honest, ugly losses. Ugly losses. You would, you know, first of all, hat tip to Brisbane. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there right now as, as a Cat supporter. Brisbane, you kicked the shit out of us. I'm going to use a technical term there, okay? You outclassed Geelong last week, and I can do nothing more than just tip my cap to you. You played one heck of a game, and and I, I think you exposed some things that the Cats are going to have to fix. Um, but they did manage to put 50 points on the board. Of course, you know, that was in basically, let's say, be honest, three quarters of time because they put a single behind on the board in the first quarter. You know, that I got up on Thursday morning, you know, had my coffee, sitting to have my breakfast, sitting down, excited for the game, and I'm thinking to myself at about 5.50 in the morning as the first quarter and a half are going by, I'm thinking... I got up this early for this. Now I stayed up and watched the game, but it just it just was it was frustrating as a cat supporter because they they just got run off the ground. And and you can't you can't do more than tip your cap to the Lions because they played a fantastic game. They did. And it, it was impressive. They they kind of went out and planted their flag on the ground and said, "You know what? We're premiership contenders." And they they most certainly are. They've they've jumped up into the number 3 spot on the ladder. You know, the cats have dropped all the way to fifth right now, and it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, what transpires here over the next uh, twelve weeks or so as we as we head towards the grand final. But Brisbane, you 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 had one one heck of a contest there. Now, Richmond, that was you know as as, as ugly as the cats' performance was, your your performance was was just brutal it was horrific you know 22 points on the scoreboard if i'm not, yeah 22 i think it was 62 22 it's a 40 point difference yep you got to tip your cap to the saints 
and uh, and and look at how they went about doing things because it was a uh, it was a great great matchup on their part, and you know, Patty Ryder and Rowan Marshall just you know dominated the ruck in that game, and uh, yeah, the Cats. I'm sorry, the Tigers just really struggled doing anything effectively during the course of the game. What two goals during the course of the game? I believe two goals, twelve, or two goals, ten. I should say two goals, 10. So that, you know, they, they had shots. They just couldn't put them through. And, you know, St. Kilda didn't exactly light up the scoreboard either with only, uh, with only, you know, 62 points themselves, but it's, uh, it was just, it was just an ugly performance from the, the two grand final participants last year. So I, uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Now, uh, Logan, thanks for stopping. Uh, Stopping in, and we got somebody else that hop on there as well just now. Remember, if you want to hop on and uh, share your thoughts here, all you got to do is drop your uh, email address down there on the uh, the message link, and I'll go ahead and send you out an invite, and we can get you up on the show here and and uh, share your thoughts. And uh, you don't have to, by all means, but you certainly are allowed to do that, and I'd love to have you come on. But yeah, just two absolutely ugly performances this past week by the by the the. Two teams have played in the grand final last year, so one of them is is fortunately still positioned in fifth place on the on the uh, the ladder. The other one is perilously close in the eighth position, and we'll see. We shall see whether or not they stay there because it's. Uh, yeah, I don't. I I don't know. You know, this is uh this was an interesting week as far as. Um, what was going to be happening with the uh, the fixture here? Because I think we can safely say that there are really only nine clubs that have a, a a legitimate shot of playing finals, and you can make an argument that there's only eight. Okay, you can make an argument that there's eight. Of course, you got um <coughs> not nine. I'm going uh, eight. 12, I should say, not eight, because there's about a half dozen that are not playing, because there's there's three or four here that, that have a shot. One of them, I think, is is much better suited than the other ones right now. Um, you know, you've got Richmond, who's sitting eighth right now on the ladder, and uh, what was really interesting was the fact that this was a weekend where, you know, a lot of people talked about it was a great opportunity for both Essendon and uh, the Giants to put pressure on the Tigers. And both of them failed to to live up to that task to be able to do that. You know, you had uh you, know, you had Essendon who had a tough matchup with with uh the D's. You know, the top of the ladder club a lot of uh disgruntled fans with regards to the officiating that game. But you know, it's Essendon had their opportunities there. They couldn't get it done. They dropped off. Yeah, you know, they've still got you know the healthiest percentage of those four clubs that are on the outside looking in at 101.9. It's actually higher than Richmond's, but they're sitting a game behind them. You know, at 24 points with Richmond at 28. GWS. Well, they fell victim to a club that I think might do this a time or two more before the season is up to some teams that are in the top eight. They fell victim to the Hawks. And 
you know, I, I think, you know, the Hawks aren't playing finals this year. They're growing for 2022. They're, they're, they're trying to get some experience. You know, they brought in, uh, the young man, Denver, uh, Barris. I can't think of the other, the other name came in. He got concussed this past, this, this first game though, in his, in his debut game, you've got, uh, Jai Newcomb, who's playing his second game after coming in from the midseason draft, who's now officially part of the comp because he just got fined for some actions during the, the game with the Giants. He got a $1,000 fine, which I got to think he's not making a whole lot more than that right now. So that's a that's a pretty big chunk of change out of his pocket. But I think the Hawks and the Ruse are going to love the opportunity to play spoiler here before the year is up. Okay, I think this is going to be a great opportunity for them to 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 try to upset another club's push towards playing in the eight. But if we look at the uh, if we look at those those four clubs that are that are pushing Richmond, you know, Richmond sitting there at at twenty eight points at one hundred and one point five percentage. Okay, Fremantle is in the ninth spot with twenty eight points, but their percentage is only ninety three. You know they're they're a game off. Uh, well, they're actually at the same level with twenty eight points, so they're they're seven and seven as well. But then you've got the the Giants who are at six eight and one with twenty six points, but they you know they've got a slightly better percentage. But they 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 dropped a game that they could have very easily won, or maybe they should have won. I should say couldn't very easily have won, but they should have won. On paper, you'd say this is a game they had to win. They didn't do it. Okay. Essendon sitting there at 24 points. But they've got a healthy percentage of almost 102. Now, St. Kilda, they knocked off Richmond, which helped out those other clubs. But but St. Kilda is in a really bad position. Now, they're at 24 points right now. So they're only a, they're only a game behind in terms of the, the points. But if you look at their percentage, and, this, and I'm going to give credit to Tony Davis because he brought this up during uh, an interview that we did the other day. I sat down with Tony uh, from the Minnesota Freeze and his dad, uh, Frank Davis, uh, that'll be coming out probably next week. Uh, that episode, uh, Frank played for a decade with the D's and then was the recruiting coordinator for the Hawks during the mid eighties to mid nineties when they were basically imitating the new England Patriots here in terms of playing in the grand final almost every single year. So Tony mentioned that in practicality, St. Kilda is, you could argue that they are actually two games off the pace because their percentage is so low that they almost have to win an extra game to make up for that lack of percentage because they're, they're not likely to be, you know, unless they start blowing some teams off, you know, out by wide margins that they're not likely to be able to, uh, to overtake those clubs without that extra win. So they, they basically have to win an extra game over these last eight rounds. So that's why I say that maybe St. Kilda is not a, uh, a, a likely candidate to be playing finals. Now they certainly can be a spoiler because they, you know, five of their final eight games are against clubs that are, that are either in the top eight right now. Um, actually six of eight or are battling for the, the top eight. Cause they've got free metal coming up in their final game. But you know, St. Kilda didn't do themselves a whole lot of favors early on by just having some really bad showings where their percentage just just really buried them. So I, I you know, Tony, I th- like I said, I think he made up a great point where he he argued that they needed to get themselves basically two wins in order to uh, 
to do that. Okay, um, you know, you look at the you look at the clubs that are there. Uh, you look at the clubs that are there that uh, you know pushing for the eight. You know, Essendon they they dropped the contest against the D's, uh, but they're sitting a game off. But their percentage is really good, and they've only got. Uh, three games against teams that are in the top eight left this year. Now they do, and they have only one game against one of those clubs that's battling for the uh, the eight as well. And we're going to go ahead and uh, bring Harper uh, Pessinger from the Where Do We Begin podcast on. Uh, he is our resident Essendon supporter here, so he's going to hop on and uh, tell us about their their chances here, I believe. So we'll we'll get him on here in a second. So yeah, you've got you know Essendon still has to play Geelong, Sydney, and the Bulldogs uh, going in these final eight weeks, and then they have a game also with uh, GWS. You know, you look at GWS; they've got uh, GWS has Melbourne, they've got Sydney, they've got Port Adelaide, they've got Geelong, and they've got Richmond. Okay, but then you look at Fremantle, the the club that actually did win. They have to run a gauntlet the last six weeks. Okay, they've got. Yeah, they've got Carlton and Hawthorne coming up here, but then they've got Geelong, Sydney, Richmond, Brisbane, West Coast, and St. Kilda. I mean, you, you talk about just jumping into a meat grinder over the last, you know, six weeks of the season. If if Fremantle makes the finals this year, they're gonna <coughs> excuse me, they're gonna have earned it. Welcome aboard there, Harper. How you doing, sir? I'm going pretty well. How are you, Craig? <clears throat> Still working on my first cup of coffee, but not too bad. Not too bad. Ah, uh, yeah. Very nice. Uh now what I want to talk about uh, just quickly on the show tonight. So I know um, both of us really have a bit of a um, an issue with uh, fans not turning up in numbers when they have the opportunity to, like their uh-huh. Richmond GWS game from well, <laughs> must have met a couple of months ago now. Um, but uh, there was I found something out. So uh, Richmond St Kilda on. Friday night had 14,000 people there and right. Essendon Melbourne the night after had 19,000 people there uh, out of a capacity of 25,000 uh, due to the restrictions obviously um, now you might think that that's a pretty poor showing from the supporters um, I thought that as well I'll admit that um, I think I actually might message you something about that actually mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's I, I thought that's that's pretty disgraceful from the supporters but um the people I go with to the footy, we, we've got a bit of a mate, um, a friend who works at the MCG is one of the staff members there, and he said that um, all, all the tickets sold out um, for the Essendon-Melbourne game, for both games actually, except the MCC, which you which you sorry uh, might not know about. The Melbourne like Cricket a, Club. The Melbourne Cricket Club. They've got a certain allocation, um, and they, they didn't sell their allocation. Uh, their full allocation for each match. Um, what they then should have done, and the completely logical thing to do, to get as many people in as you can, because there's so many people desperate to go to these games, the logical thing to do is obviously sell those tickets on to the general public or the members, if there were any, who couldn't get tickets. I think that's right, a pretty reasonable right. thing to say. Yeah. Um, but but they didn't. There, were, there was no general public on sale for either of those games and it resulted in um, pretty lackluster crowds uh, even despite the COVID restrictions didn't even get up to capacity yeah that's uh, 
and that's you know that's one of those things that you know I, and I'm not exactly sure who makes up the the MCC, but it sounds like it's it's like sounds like a corporate kind of thing where it's you know the you know the the, the folks who were you know were having the the finger sandwiches and the the wine glasses with the the large flutes with them that are enjoying the footy <laughs> in there is is that the crowd that we're talking about? Is that the group of people that we're, we're referencing here? Uh kind of. There are, there's okay. some people like that. Um, I I, actually, I went in there once as a guest. Uh, and it, there's a bit of a dress code. You have to wear a collared shirt, and um, it's probably like no, no runners or something like that. Okay. Um, but uh, there are people, kind of everyday people, and but there's a massive waiting list. You have to be on a waiting list for like 20 years or something to get in. You better um, get on there soon, lo- then. Yeah, <laughs> lots of people <laughs> are very keen to um, be a part of it because it uh, gives you good access to the biggest sporting events out there, like the grand final, like the Boxing Day test in the cricket, mm-hmm. uh, like the Anzac Day, Essendon Collingwood game. So lots of people, um, working class people, are um, members. So what do you think about the uh, – I just saw this before before I went on, that they've, they've now officially moved the Richmond Gold Coast game to Marvel. To Marvel. Wow. Uh-huh. That'll be an interesting one. So eighty-five um, percent capacity allowed, but I would honestly be surprised if they get fifteen thousand to that game. You know, I just i I had to do a little bit of a rewrite in my notes for today because I'm kind of calling out the the Tigers supporters, you know, saying, "Hey, you're you're getting a road game at home." So I know the place has no soul, as you claimed, <laughs> but maybe you could show up for your club since it's not all the way up on the Gold Coast now. It's still less than six kilometers away. Yeah, but I can almost guarantee you there there will be a very small crowd number there because most of the members, unless they have away uh, away reserved seats, um, won't won't show up because they have to buy their own tickets, go through that kind of arduous process. Um, so it will be a pretty low crowd again. Yeah, it's which is more reasonable than the GWS game, I guess. But still, yeah, uh, yeah, it's not great. Yeah, it's it is it's. Um... Yeah, and I, I did you. I don't know if you caught that when I was, and you were coming on there about uh, you know GWS having to run that gauntlet here at the end of the uh, at the end of the season. Oh, not GWS. No, Free, I, I Fremantle. Yeah, Fremantle because they finished their last six rounds. They're finishing up with Geelong, Sydney, Richmond, Brisbane, West Coast, and St Kilda. Yeah, I mean that's a well. If they make finals, they're going to have earned it. Mm. They're going to earn a spot in the, in the finals if they get there. But of course, then you know Richmond's only got—they've only got two clubs in the top eight right now. They've got Brisbane and, and Geelong. But they still got Fremantle and GWS yet before it's all wrapped up as well. So yeah, but uh, am I right in saying that Richmond have lost to Brisbane and Geelong this season already? Um, yes, I could they be wrong have. There. Yeah, um, no, they lost to Geelong. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they lost to Brisbane as well. Yeah. The, yeah, I'm just having a look. They lost to Geelong by 63 and Brisbane by 28. Yeah. So. Um, and they still have a very, and they still have a percentage yeah. over a hundred. Well, yeah, um, <laughs> the percentage I'd say though for a top eight team, it's not great. Our Essendon right, percentage, right. I'm just having a look. It's actually better than Richmond's. Yep, even though is. we're eleventh, eleventh, and they're eighth. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, did yeah. you catch? I'm not sure if you've spoken about it. Um, I wasn't able to tune in for the start, but did you catch the Essendon Melbourne game? I have not watched it yet. I've, I've I read up on the stats on it. I have not watched it as of yet, but I'm going to. 
Yeah, yeah. right. Well, I know there was um, a lot of, uh, you were mentioning there was a lot of uh, disgruntled people with regards to the officiating. Yes, the there, there definitely was. Um, I think there were some pretty dodgy decisions going both ways. And also what I think the, um, the restricted capacity means the home teams, uh, the members of the home teams get a uh, massively uh, higher priority than the members of the away team. So it was probably like 90% Essendon fans there on Saturday night. I was there um, and there were no Melbourne fans anywhere close to me. Um, they were all at the other end of the ground in their tiny little section. Yeah. So I reckon the kind of uh, – how do I put this? Um it being such a majority uh, of Essendon fans at that game kind of gives a perception in people's heads that Essendon were the only ones hard done by. I think we were hard done by, but you didn't hear like any Melbourne fans booing the decisions that didn't go Melbourne's way because there weren't many Melbourne fans there. But right. the decisions that went, didn't go Essendon's way, um, you definitely heard about those because in my area, it was 100% Essendon fans and 100% of those people were booing viciously. Yeah, yeah. It's a... Yeah. Aren't you looking, aren't you looking forward to when this gets back to just normal and you've got, you know, you've got 85,000 people at the at the MCG and, and everybody's booing everything? Aren't you <laughs> yeah, looking forward I'm to that? Very, very much looking forward to that, but... I think while we're on this issue of crowds, the crowd numbers, even when we had an 85% capacity limit, that was still way down on previous seasons, like 2019 or before that, because I think there's a sense that after a year of every Melbourneian watching every game on TV, I reckon there's a bit of a sense in the community that there's less of a need to be there live. Um, I've, I've still personally been to all the games I've been able to go to in Melbourne. Right, right. But I think, yeah, um, you do have seen the crowd numbers uh, kind of fade off a bit. Um, and that's really interesting. It's going to be interesting to see if they can, the AFL can uh, market themselves to, and all sports really, market themselves um, to improve the crowd numbers once COVID is finally over, whenever it's over. Yeah, that's going to be... That's going to be something to be, uh, you know, to contend with because if you start seeing crowds drop off, you know, then they're, you know, one, they're, I guess they're then going to be able to bring in maybe more advertising dollars on television if people are going to be, if people are going to be tuning in and, and, uh, and watching the games on television that way, they're, they may be able to bring in more, more money that way, you know, but, you know, maybe the, uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think we're seeing that with, uh, you know, with sports here in the United States because, yeah, you know, they they played the NBA season, they're playing the uh, Major League Baseball season, but you know, crowd capacities are still relatively small at baseball, and I think they were almost non-existent at basketball this year. I don't, I don't watch the NBA, but there were not a lot of people at NBA games this year, if I'm not mistaken. I know, I know they went into the, they all, they played all the games in Orlando. At the end of the year last year, which okay, that's fine, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't recall seeing a whole lot of uh, fans in the stands at the uh, games in the NBA this year. So people may be getting comfortable with watching the games from their recliner at home, and that may, you know, 
that may hurt you know hurt the clubs and i don't know i guess i'd have to figure out what uh how much the clubs actually make from the television contract you know cuz mm. in you know here in you know in baseball and that type of thing you know the you know, the teams you know the major league baseball the nfl sign these massive tv contracts for their games to be carried on television and then every club gets the same amount of money from that tv contract yeah, you know, so a club may get paid by you know the TV companies that are carrying the games. They might get paid forty million dollars a year as their part. Of, each of the clubs as their part of the TV contract. So you know, I don't know if there's enough money in the TV contracts, or is that going to really is that going to start hurting membership with clubs going mm. forward? There, there is a flip side to that that argument, though. Uh, Kind of. So, uh, I think what everyone learned, if we didn't know already, um, during crowdless sporting events that happened all throughout last year, was that sport is really nothing without its fans. Like, the atmosphere that fans bring to sport and the passion they bring is what makes it so good to watch in so many cases. Mm -hmm. I Um, agree with you. Yeah. I think it's pretty obvious. I don't think many people would disagree, but... If anyone wants to put anything in the chat, I'd love to get a bit of a, a, a variety of takes on this because uh, yeah. I'm really interested by it. But you could say if the crowds keep on diminishing, less people, fewer people are going to want to watch on TV. Like I think that's a big reason why even if, like, let's say even if the Gold Coast Suns are playing really well, um, they might still be getting like 5,000 people to their games. And that's why they probably get low TV numbers. So I think low crowd numbers doesn't necessarily mean that all those people are going to watch on their TV. The TV might numbers might diminish as well. Well, that's true. That's true. So, so do you know <clears throat> the, the TV contract with the AFL? Do, do do different teams get different? dollar amounts do you know or is it does everybody get the same amount of money from the tv contract oh to be honest uh i'm probably not the guy to talk okay. about that okay. I've may, maybe teams get extra money for friday night games but I, I, I just my gut feeling is that it's split uh in 18 okay. i think i've got i, I don't I, know though, to be honest. I, I would i would hope that it was that way because i mean that that mm. would really be putting a club like gold coast Mm. At a significant disadvantage, then you know, in and terms of in terms AFL of that kind of money, the AFL is all about equalization. The AFL yeah. is all about equalization yeah. as well. So, like, they're not having teams like Gold Coast and Fremantle. Like Fremantle haven't had a Friday night game or a Thursday night game since like 2016 or something. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, if they want the league to be equal, which they obviously do, that's what the draft is for. That's what priority picks are for. That's why they've brought in so many different things. Um, if they want the league to be equal, um, surely they're splitting the TV money in 18 and giving everyone an even share. Yeah, you would think so. You would think so, yep. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that that would be the case. Um, mm. If, if yeah. anyone does know that's listening, though, put it put it in the chat because, uh, honestly, I'd love to be enlightened. Yeah, I, yeah that, and that may be something to uh, that maybe. Oh, I don't know. Somebody that does a podcast might need to reach out to one of those companies and, and find that information out. Yeah, and 
gives me something to dig into here soon. Mm, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll or, just I'll I'll look it up. I'll do a bit of research. Okay. On air, um, but. Uh, is, is there anything, any other good points that we can talk about? No, before, I, before well, I, 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 I know that I know that we have a game coming up this uh, this weekend that we probably disagree on in terms of the outcome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be surprised if Essendon won that one. To be honest, well, um, I, I, they haven't. What I, I saw that they hadn't been in Geelong since what, two thousand and three. Oh, I think it's earlier than 2003. I reckon it's the 90s. Um, yeah. n- definitely not in my lifetime. We had a pre-season okay. game yeah. Yeah, this season, uh, which I went to, um, actually. But, oh, yeah, there's definitely not been a game there that, that's that Essendon has played in my lifetime for premiership points. Huh. It's uh, – I, I, that's, that's one of those things when you talk about the equality thing. I just I wonder, you know, deep down, how much do they actually mean that then? And and I guess it, it you know it it does come down to dollars in terms of running the clubs, um, you know, because you know, the Cats are going to go back and and have a a home game a home game with Richmond at the MCG here soon. Um, I think this will be the home game. Maybe it was the previous one that was the home game. That uh, you know that'll be what probably. Sixty percent plus Richmond supporters, mm. you know, yeah. or however that breaks it, down. I mean, you know, it's that's one of those things that you know that I've still had a you know it's been always mind boggling in on my part. But I, I guess you know when you're able to bring in the the dollars that go with, that go with the getting the the receipts from the home gate, that's kind of why that ends up happening that way. Yeah, I'll, I've just. Uh, checked it out. Last time Essen and Geelong played at Cadinia Park, nineteen ninety three. In okay, August so nineteen ninety three. Okay. Wow. So what's that? Twenty twenty eight years ago. Um That's amazing. Yeah, it it is amazing, but also is it is it um is it that surprising when Essen is such such a massive club? Essen and Geelong games when they're in Melbourne always pull at least Forty thousand, if not fifty thousand. Um, I think the AFL, the record for a crowd at Docklands or Marvel Stadium was actually set at an Essendon Geelong game in about, okay. I don't know, uh, maybe 20, 2013. I think it was like fifty six thousand people there or something. Yeah. So full to the brim, Marvel Stadium that night. It's uh, it. It's going to be an interesting uh, final <clears throat> final eight weeks here, you know. And uh, you know, Essendon, you know, they they were battling, you know, the the top club as I was mentioning at the outset. You know, they were playing the number one team on the uh, on the ladder, and you know, GWS, they had a golden opportunity to jump into the eight, and they they didn't get it done. And now they get Melbourne, so. Mm. So we'll what see. do you think about GWS choosing to play that game at the MCG? Well, I mean, they they had to play it somewhere. Uh, you know, they what were their options going to be there or Marvel? There or Marvel? That probably could have um, uh, probably could have been able to play it at Cadinia Park or yeah. GMHBA if they wanted to. Maybe even Mars Stadium in Ballarat. That could have even been an option. Um, 
uh, that, yeah. That, that's a couple hours outside of town, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, yeah, like an hour and a half, two hours. Okay, like okay. I mean, that may have that may have been one of the reasons why they didn't want to do that then. Um, just but why, why do you why do you say that? Why wouldn't I don't know. Say? Maybe maybe they wanted to be where there there might actually be some some giant supporters who were going to show up, and I know there are not a lot of them, but there might be more giant supporters showing up at the MCG than would would be in Ballarat. So, same for Hawthorne fans, though. Um, well, uh, that's maybe true. Hawthorne fans might even come out at an even lower number compared to the Giants fans at, at a game in Ballarat. Um, the proportion might be even lower because all the Hawthorne fans live pretty inner city. Well, most of them. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm still learning about all the nuances in terms of you know how and why it's determined where games are going to be played. I mean, I understand which which clubs have you know Marvel as kind of their home ground and which ones have the MCG as their home ground for the most part. Yeah, you know, there are some you know some alternative offsite things from time to time. But yeah, you know, this these last two years and this year especially now that has been just so goofy with uh, with the with the COVID restrictions that have been going on, and now that that uh, that yeah you know, the uh, the clubs from Queensland and from New South Wales and and quite frankly from West Australia are are, are coming into Victoria. Um, it is a uh, you know it's a it's a tough thing here. Yeah, and we had somebody just popped onto the chat. Uh, mm. Said live crowd attendance versus viewership is a complicated topic. Uh, can find for and against, but more is in that broadcasting should be a major effect on attendance numbers and vice versa, at least uh, academic research-wise. Okay. Well, that makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I wouldn't and, be that surprised if the viewing figures for AFL on TV were actually a bit down last season because they were – played in front of no crowds and maybe it's a bit of a novelty people want to check it out at the start but but by round 15 for like a meaningless Essendon versus Gold Coast game or something who, who wants to watch that uh, well, in front did. of no crowd you did <laughs> I did the diehards <laughs> did but not not many neutrals want to watch that that kind of thing. that's true that's true yeah that's true yes yeah, so it's 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 going to be interesting I you know there there are there are so few ga- you know so few games that are played. I mean, there's only nine a week. You know, and it, it's a it's a lengthy season, but it's you know it's still there's a you know there's a, a finite number of games and 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 you know this is again I'm looking at this through the vision that I have as being somebody who is you know I I am still kind of in that uh, that that kid kid in the candy store mode you know where I walk in and I see I see all you know or the ice cream shop and I want to try all the flavors you know I I know what my favorite flavor is my favorite flavor is 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 cat flavored ice cream if you get my drift <laughs> but that doesn't mean yeah. I don't like having a scoop of all these other varieties each week as well you know, yeah I still I, I you know if somebody says well you know here's a here's a scoop of gold coast and richmond ice cream Sure, pile it on. I'll have some of that too. Um, you know, so it's uh, yeah. So I, may, maybe that's you know where the, where the novelty of the game for me has not, hopefully, won't wear off. Um, whereas somebody who is you know you're you're you are black and red. You are Essendon through and through. So maybe maybe that GWS Hawthorne matchup 
doesn't mean as much to you as it does to to say somebody else. That's true, yeah. but yeah, yeah, that that is a good point. But I think I personally, I, I'm my interest in other teams' affairs isn't really uh, like lowered just because I'm an Essendon fan. Like I, I'm interested in the whole whole sport, the whole league. Well, um, whether it's b- like, but in many ways the, you're you're unique also because you're hoping to make this sort of thing a career. True. You know, you're, 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 I, I, you're, I was even like that as like a, a little kid, or like mo- most of my friends are like that. To be honest, like yeah. my my friends will come to Essendon games when their team isn't even playing um, with me just to watch the footy because they love it. That's that's fantastic. I mean, yeah, that I and and that makes sense to me. I mean, I, you know, it, when when I make the journey there someday down the road, you know, I I play it on. You know, there being like a Thursday through Sunday weekend where, you know, I, I'm going to go watch the Cats game on, you know, let's just say, for example, on Thursday night. But then on Friday, I'm going to go watch a Richmond game. And then Saturday, I'm going to try to catch a game at uh, at the MCG and then at Marvel because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make that trek down the road. I might have to call it Uber because I probably am not going to walk it at that point in time in my life. But, um, you know, but then I'm going to try to catch something on the on the Sunday game as well. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna watch whoever's playing. Yeah, yeah, and like if if I had the time to do that kind of thing, I'd be going to every single yeah. AFL game there is. Um, right. But yeah, okay, before before I go, I want to bring bring up a bit of a different topic with you. Yeah, okay. have you got time? I think so. Okay. Right. Um. Well, if you're in a rush to wrap it up, just cut me off whenever you need to. But I've got a bit of a pitch for you um so so, uh people often complain about the uh inequality of the fixturing because obviously playing 22 games it's not playing every team once and uh every team's uh, gonna have something to whinge about like someone might be playing richmond two times when they think they should be playing north melbourne two times Mm -hmm. um the fixtures aren't equal That's, that's just how it's basically always been so this is not not something that I I'm a hundred percent on board with. But a little thought I've been having uh, for quite a few years actually. I'm a I'm a big soccer fan, um, and soccer tournaments. There are lots of soccer tournaments that are kind of knockout tournaments. I was like going to say the, I think I know where this is going. Yeah, uh, like the like the FA Cup, for example. Do you know the FA Cup? I I know I know about it. I'm I'm not much of a soccer fan at all, so I I kind of have an idea of, about it, but I'm not I'm by no means an expert at all. Yeah, well, it, it's one of the oldest sporting competitions in the world, um, and it's basically every single team um, from the UK uh, or for, from England and Wales, I think actually, can enter this FA Cup, whether they're a twenty-fifth division team from. Essex or the biggest club in the country, uh, they'll, they'll all go head to head, head to head with each other, knockout competition. So I think it would be good, um, maybe just a little thought. This would definitely have its flaws. So AFL season, you have 17 games, every team plays each other once, um, which is a fair way to do things, I, I imagine. And to get uh, back, like, uh, to kind of make up for the lost five games, 
you have an FA Cup style competition. So you might have a, a Coburg playing against uh, a West Coast, which would be great for a team like Coburg or a team like uh, Sturt in the SANFL or mm-hmm. Subiaco in the Waffle. Um, and one day you might even see a Waffle team or a VFL team or a Sandful team winning this FA Cup of Aussie rules football. I, I think it would be great for the sport, but um, not sure it would happen. I just think it's a bit of an interesting idea. So what would uh, what would happen then if Sturt were to knock off, for example, West Coast? Does West Coast get bounced out of the AFL that next year? Or how does that... Oh, no, that wouldn't be bounced out of the AFL. It's a completely different competition. So for like five weeks a year, let's say, they have uh, like a bye week in the AFL and all the teams that are still left in this knockout competition play a game in that knockout competition. Uh, so if you get knocked out in the first round, you will only play one game. But if you go all the way to the, the grand final of this knockout competition, you might play five games, six games. How many other games? That's interesting. Does this, uh, how, does this impa- how would this impact the actual grand final then? Well, uh, in what way? Like, I mean, you know, you know, are you playing the grand final first and then playing these five games? or? Well, I, I think the grand final is and always will be the pinnacle of Aussie rules football. Winning the AFL grand final, it's the, the only professional competition in the country, only professional right, right. competition in the world. Uh, so that's always the biggest thing. And in this knockout competition, if it's anything like other knockout competitions in other uh, countries in world sport, uh, the big teams might rest their good players if they're playing a local league team. So if uh, like if Essendon's playing against the, uh, let's say, Bendigo or something from the local Bendigo league, um, Essendon might think that's an easy win. So they just play all their young players. And you might even see a bit of an upset, which will be pr- pretty amazing, I think, and as it is in other sports in knockout competitions okay that is interesting it's uh that you know because i i know that the the way that they structure the schedule for the most part right now is it generally speaking you end up playing twice against the you know they kind of break the uh the ladder into like thirds if i'm not mistaken and then you know you'll play the teams that were right around you on the ladder twice which is why the cats are which is why the Cats yeah. are playing Brisbane and Richmond uh, twice this year. They do do that, but also you play your biggest rivals twice. Um, so C- Sydney is always going to play GWS twice. West right. Coast is always going to play Frio, right. et cetera, et cetera. Um, so like West Coast might finish first and Frio 18th or vice versa one season, but they'll still have to play each other twice because that's how things are done. So yeah. yeah, you can never have it perfectly uh, equal when you've got this kind of fixturing format. Well, and that's and and but that but then in that case also, you know, the, the clubs are not staying static. Also, you know, the the clubs are going to change from time to time. Also, you know, event you know eventually there there may come a time where the uh, <clears throat> you know where the cats you know make you know, for example you know, make a, uh, a decision where, you know, if you're somebody who's on the north side of 30, that you're no longer going to be part of that club anymore. You know, they end up bringing in, you know, 
a whole bunch of young talent and doing a rebuild. You know, similar to in many ways what what uh, Hawthorne uh, is is kind of doing, or what Adelaide has been doing, where the Adelaide had been a you know a club who had been up towards the top for several years and then took a precipitous fall last year, and are now working their way back up. Hmm. Yeah. That that is it's an interesting point. Um. But it, for this imaginary competition, I think the best way to do it would be as the FA FA Cup does it. So you'd have uh, all the lower grade teams, the lower level teams, play each other for qualification uh, for the kind of main tournament. So you'll have how many of the teams there are qualifying for a spot and then maybe you have uh, – the best 14 local league teams uh, get into the round of 32 and they come up against the 18 AFL teams and then uh, it goes from 32 to 16 to 8 to 4 to the grand final and then whoever wins that is crowned the champion of this knockout tournament. Okay. Um, It's it's a bit of a revolutionary idea. It will completely like kind of throw so many things that have been tradition uh, of Aussie rules out the window uh, and lots of people won't like it but I for one I, I think it's quite a good idea that I would like to see but I don't think would actually happen yeah that would that would be I, I would have to almost see a like a flow chart of how that was going to work you know because you know if uh, so the actual grand final would be played after this knockout tournament the AFL Grand Final, yeah, yeah. Pro- probably play it okay. after. Yeah, sorry, you asked me that before, but I didn't. Yeah, okay. So, sorry about so that. So it's it, you know, it uh, it it makes me wonder how, um, yeah, if if I'm a club that's been playing really well over the last, uh, you know, few months, and I've gotten myself into finals, now I'm going to have to wait. I would have to wait for like four or five weeks before I could actually jump into the, the finals that they're that going to get me towards playing for the actual premiership. Oh, yeah. yeah be... But you wouldn't necessarily have this knockout competition between the regular season and the finals. You might just have like a, a week's break from the AFL competition every four or five weeks, slot around of this knockout competition in there. Oh, um, I see. Okay. And so you you wouldn't have it all go at once because you want to keep a rhythm to the whole season, you know? Okay. Yeah. That 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 is interesting, and I guess that might be an inter- an interesting revenue generator. But yeah, I are are there enough? Would there be enough clubs in the Sandful and the Waffle and the and that type of thing in the VFL to you know to to warrant that sort of thing even occurring, you know, to, well, I, I think in an ideal world, it's not just clubs from the Sandful, Waffle, and VFL. It's clubs from the local leagues, like the you wouldn't know what these are, but like the EDFL and the WRFL in Victoria. Okay. I don't really know what the local leagues are in other states, but um, like from the kind of third tier of Aussie rules football, or any club that wanted to enter could enter. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm looking at uh, 
some some tweets that are coming through here right now from uh, um, somebody who's involved with with esports and that sort of thing who are talking about uh, Australia having some of the the strongest laws for free access to broadcast of sports in the world, which you help to boost availability uh, to allow people to watch uh, major major competitions like the AFL and the NRL. Um, and and they brought up a great point that you know the broadcasting is uh, is very closely linked with the gambling and that sort of thing. You know, with the uh, what I, I, what are the what are the, what's the company that uh, that Mark Wahlberg's doing the ads for now? Ladbroke. Oh yeah, you know, Lad- Ladbroke. Ladbroke, and then I you know last last year it was uh, Allen Iverson doing commercials, and now. Now Shaquille O'Neal, I've seen doing some commercials as well, and I, you know, I, I have to be honest with you. I think if you put a, if you put a, uh, you know, a, a rugby a rugby ball, and a uh, a footy ball in front of uh, Shaquille O'Neal and said which one is is used for you know the AFL, he probably wouldn't know. Exactly. You know, and, but but yeah, yeah, he's doing the advertising for this stuff. Yeah, it's, it's just about the big money, and I'll, I'll go soon. But you've really kind of lit a fire in my head with getting onto the betting ads because betting ads do my head in. Like, oh my god, I don't know if it's the same in the US, but they—if you watch any sporting event, it's just basically what it is. It's a betting commercial with some uh-huh. AFL happening in between, like. The, the amount of betting ads on every single sporting broadcast and uh, even at the game sometimes, it's, it's insane. And I just yeah. don't think, why, why do we want to be creating this world where kids see that gambling and sport are like intricately, like uh, kind of inherently um, – linked to each other uh do we really want that no i i i agree with you but it's uh um it is a it's a it's unfortunately it's something that 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 pays the bills if you will and and it's uh you know and i and if i'm not mistaken if i'm not mistaken weren't didn't a lot of clubs have like gambling machines like right in the oh, on the yeah. in the grounds or in the the facilities and that sort of thing and, and yeah and they, they've got like they own their own like hotels or whatever or pubs yeah, or it's, um and they they've got their own their pokey machines yeah i've seen where some of the clubs have have stepped away from that stuff and have and have said that they're that they're no longer involved in the gambling aspect of things but yeah yeah it's uh yeah i i'll i'll be honest i've you know, I've 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 never placed a, a a wager on a game in my life. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I'm 58 years old as of a couple of days ago, and I've never uh, I never I've never placed a bet on anything. I might no, I did like you know we do you know like the fantasy stuff on Supercoach and that sort of thing. I did leagues like that where you know all you know there were 12 or 14 of us in the league and we would all put in like $25 and then at the end of the year if you if your team won the championship back championship you got back maybe $100 for winning the championship and then if your 
if your club led the league in home runs, you got $10. And if you led the league in stolen bases, you got $10 and that sort of thing. So all the money went back out to the, 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 the 14 people that were part of the group. So, you know, you might, you know, you might pay $25 in, but you might get, you know, $20 back. So yeah, I guess in, in a way that's gambling, but it's not, to me, it's not the wagering on, you know, well, yeah. this team's a favorite and they're going to win by this amount of points. I, I, I've, I've never seen I've never seen the attraction and that sort of thing. And if you if you're somebody who does enjoy that, that's great. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and parrot the the advertisements. Gamble responsibly. Don't follow your losses, uh, or don't chase your losses. Whatever to follow or chase, I'm not sure which term they use, but you know, yeah, I, it's it's uh, it is uh, it is just it's it's cra- it's crazy that it, yeah. But again, it's. It's what pays the bills. It, it, I think it's what finances much of the league. Unfortunately, it's what finances you know. You know, horse. You know, I've never been to a horse race in my life, or a dog track, or you know. I, I, I just, it's just never something that that adrenaline rush is never something that I've sought. So, to be honest, I'd rather see a league that doesn't have gambling ads, or just a sporting landscape that doesn't have gambling ads, and maybe can spend a bit less money on whatever, the, the social media marketing or wh- whatever they jobs they cut because of that. Like, I know it creates jobs, but gambling, some people can be absolutely fine with it, obviously, like, like anything. But it can be such a – can wreak havoc on people's lives and just ruin people's lives. And I think I, I am a big uh, – like kind of my uh, – demographic is a big target market for these gambling companies like young male uh who's really into sports sports obsessed um maybe wants to add a bit more spice to their sports viewing um right right and i've never placed a bet on anything um like jesus with all these ads it is hard not to be tempted into just chucking a couple bucks on the Hawthorne Gold Coast game or whatever. And yeah. lots and lots and lots of my friends do. Like I'd say probably the majority of my friends that are into sports gamble on it because mm-hmm. they're so interwoven. Like they're made to seem so interwoven um, yeah. in this country and probably in other countries as well um, because of all these ads. And I think they used to have regulations pre-COVID that you couldn't have gambling ads on a sports broadcast in Australia, siren to siren. Um, so you can't have gambling ads at halftime or um, quarter time, anything like that, obviously. Um, and I think it was the same with alcohol as well, actually. Um, but then I think they just quietly got rid of that regulation because I guess the uh, everyone was in, a, in need of a bit of money uh, during COVID, uh, obviously, for obvious reasons. So they were happy to take the gambling money and the alcohol money to kind of chase a bit of extra revenue at the expense of <laughs> putting kind of gambling ads and alcohol ads, which I personally despise and lots yeah. of other people do. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Louis is uh, posting on here. And again, Louis, if you want to hop on the, uh, the show, if you can just you know type your email address in the message board there, I can send you out a link and we can uh, we can get you on here. 
Um, I'll send you out a link for that because you, you're you're providing some rather. Yeah, I've been hopping back and forth between the message board here and Twitter because he's been he's been putting a lot of tweets out there with regards to uh, to gambling and that sort of thing. Um, okay, your kids are asleep and you probably wake them up. Okay, that's. I would I would love to get you on to to, to talk about this on an, on in an actual interview. So you know, do me a favor if you could send me a, a DM on Twitter. Um, well, I mean, I guess I have your Twitter account because it's it's something I'm reading on my page right now. So I'll send you one when this is all done because I would love to talk to you about this. But he mentioned, uh, and this is a, ga- a name I'm not familiar with, and I he said that they he posted here. He said that they drew the line with. Tom Waterhouse's aggressive advertising style, so it's been pulled back and after the after heavy backlash, but they seem to have found a sweet spot for now, and the public being okay with it. So when you say that that they found this sweet spot, is this kind of what they're, uh, um, kind of what we see with like Billy Brownless, who talks about some of the games from a from a, a gambling standpoint in terms of who's favored in a game and who's not favored, because he's kind of a a household name that everybody finds is you know kind of a, 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 a not necessarily a lovable character but a you know a you know a, a lovable figure of the game that sort of thing where they're and yeah what is it is it nathan brown nathan did, did, brown oh yeah yeah jesus um honestly for me people like high profile figures who do gambling ads they've lost all my respect uh, samuel l jackson did gambling ads in australia for a long time and so did um mark Wahlberg. I think yeah, he well, he's doing them now. Actually, yeah, he's yeah. doing them now. Um, yeah, uh, he he's he wants he wants to lad broke um, the world, whatever yeah, the hell Jesus. that means. Oh my god, it's, <laughs> uh, it's they just it just loses all respect for me. And so, like to uh, kind of bring home this point more, uh, I wrote an article, um, like a feature piece for. Uh, a website called footyology.com.au. Rowan Connolly, the journalist, he uh-huh. has that website. Um, uh, I wrote a piece, a uh, feature kind of based off one of my podcast interviews. And uh, so I submitted it to him. Um, I did it for free. Just kind of want to get my name out there a bit. I enjoyed, I enjoyed doing it. Uh, so I gave it to him for free. Uh, it was good fun to do. And then, um, like, it's people need to take the money. But... There was a bet three six five ad like integrated into that article, um, so which shocked me in a way that kind of also didn't shock me because I just think if you're working in any like in the sports industry or re- anything related to the sports industry, it's almost impossible to not have some kind of association with receiving money from betting companies. Mm-hmm. I just think it, it's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, it, there's, it's just there's a uh, yeah, you, gambling happens here in the states. You know, we, we're we're now starting to see the uh, the growth of casinos around the country. Uh, used to be you had to go to um, luck. You had to go to the state of Nevada or the state of New Jersey where Atlantic City is, which is a big resort town, or Actually, on a uh, a Native American reservation where gambling had been legalized, um, those used to be the only places where you could actually go and legally place a a wager on something. Now you had people who were doing it illegally all over the country, but uh, now we're seeing more and more 
um, casinos cropping up, you know, all over the uh, um, all over the United States. There's the online stuff right now. You've got, you know, yeah, you got people who are you know, who are playing, you know, the online, you know, card games and that sort of thing. And uh, it's just it's. I, I, I don't know. I just I uh, it's it's never been something that that I've uh, that I've had an interest in. Uh, and if you're somebody who does it and, and you have fun with it and you're you're doing it as the commercials claim responsibly and you're you know you're not uh, you, you know you, you you haven't lost you know the 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 next three mortgage payments to your house trying to win a bet, then you know I guess have fun with it. But it's just you know if you're it's. It, it can become, and I think it can become an addiction. And, and I, uh, oh, of course, yeah, it's, and it can be like anything, whether it be you know alcohol or food or 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 whatever. It can become an addiction. You know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I've I've never met a cheeseburger I didn't like. <laughs> you know, let's be honest about this here, okay? I, uh, it's, <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, it's, there, uh, there are, um, there are a lot of. Uh, a lot of things that that are that are going on out there that that just make the uh, you know that I think are in a way necessary evils you know to to allow you know those of us who are not you know betting on the games to actually see the games kind of in the way that we want because you know the gambling stuff I think pays the bills as as uh, Louis was mentioning on on Twitter here you know the clubs are getting you know, are getting a percentage or getting a cut of this money that's coming in. You know the 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 NFL, for example, you know they 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 don't necessarily condone gambling per se, but you think about it though, they 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 certainly help to support it because every week they'll put out a list. You know, and I the, the AFL does this as well. They'll put out a list of players who are injured, so they let the people who are going to be making wagers know. Well, oh, you know. Dusty Martin's got a bad hamstring. He's not playing this weekend. Now he's that's I'm just using that as an example. So those of you who are you know, rich supporters, I'm not saying anything out of out of out of turn here. But yeah, they're you know they're saying that you know, well that you know this person's injured. They're not going to be able to play, and that might impact how somebody sees a game being won or lost. Yeah, so the, I think the injury lists. Oh, I actually do look at them. Heaps of people use them for non-gambling reasons. Right, right. Um, but. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't think that's the best example to use as something that is kind of purely come out of the gambling industry. But I've put a link in the chat here to yeah, a, I did, a I did see it. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. So it's a soccer podcast from the UK. I think the UK is uh, almost at the same level as Australia with the intense gambling ads associated with sport. Maybe slightly lower. Um, obviously, I don't know, uh, but. Even if you don't know anything about soccer, I think it's a really interesting listen. They talk about football's, as the link says, football's relationship with gambling. And it can be, you can link that to, same with Aussie rules and AFL. Uh, they're very, very, very similar. And I, I'd recommend that for anyone that's kind of interested in uh, learning about that kind of thing. And it really opened my eyes even more to... Uh, yeah, sport and its relationship with gambling and the the harm it can do. Like, obviously, it helps fund the football economy and the sporting economy, like you've said, but so do cigarette ads, 
cigarette ads mm-hmm. used to be uh, inherently linked again with sport and football. You used to have the, I don't know, like the Marlborough Cup or something. I, I can't think of a specific example, but there were sponsors all over the place for cigarettes. Yes. Yes. Um, and I don't, how long ago would it have been? 30 years ago, maybe? Cigarette ads got banned. And I hope to see one day that same thing can happen with gambling because obviously gambling can be okay for plenty of people okay in moderation of course like if you want to gamble go for your life i i, I don't care but um it's ju- it's just the risk involved with it and the harm it can do to people's lives it's just not worth taking that risk just to put a few more dollars in uh the coffers of sporting leagues really that's true yeah it, it is and you know we've you know, and then you see where it spills over into the game. Wasn't it Jaden Stevenson when he was with the the Pies who got yeah. suspended? And Heath Shaw as well uh, when he was at okay. Collingwood. Okay. Yeah. You know, and and you know, Pete Pete Rose, who is Pete Rose, who has you know, who as a baseball player has more hits than any any other player in the history of of baseball, is not in the Hall of Fame because he actually had. Uh, he had actually placed you know, when he was the manager of the team after he'd retired as a player. He was placing bets on his own team to win, and he he got he got banned from the game for life. This is this mm. is a guy who who was you know he played the game for twenty five twenty six years at a, at a high level. Um, you know, could have been the fifth Beatle with his haircut. Uh, you'll have to look him up, Pete Rose. Um, Pete Rose, yes, but he uh, he uh, he's no he's no longer part of Major League Baseball. He's been suspended from the game or been kicked out of of the game and is not in the Hall of Fame. And he's got more hits than any other player to play the game. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's a uh, it's you know, and there's a lot of people pushing to get him back in because you know you've got you've got people who have done all sorts of egregious things in in society who are you know who are in the hall of fame or who have had the recognition that 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 he earned as a player so yeah yeah that, that's an interesting one I'll, I'll do some more research about pete rose because that sounds like a really uh interesting example uh but yeah i'd recommend listening to that podcast for okay anyone with any interest in it um it's re- yeah really really insightful really good tells one side of the story you might want to have listened to the other side of the story but um, yeah, I just think it's really interesting, but I should probably leave it at that because I, I can see I've been on for 53 cool. minutes, which is a lot longer than I planned to be on for, but I, I enjoyed the well, chat, hey, you know, uh, as always, Craig, so thanks for having me on. Not a problem, man. Not a problem. Yeah, it is, uh, it's great to have you on. Um, you know, ladies and gents, I am going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and wrap up this episode uh, today, and I'm going to do a separate uh, episode a little bit later on this week with my tips because um, I don't want I don't you know we're into it an hour and twenty minutes at this point in time here uh, I don't want to uh, you know push this much longer than than I have already so I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode Louis I am going to reach out to you on uh, Twitter here to uh, see if we can uh, set something up because I would love to talk to you about the you know this aspect of the game Harper thanks for coming on man I love talking to you. Uh, for those of you who uh, are listening, uh, Harper and his friend Lockie do a podcast called the Where Do We Begin podcast. 
And if you are a fan of sport in Australia, you should be listening to this show. It is, uh, it's a couple of these, the, you know, Harper is, is, is a young guy. He's, uh, 18 or 19 years old. Lockie is right around there as well. And these guys have, uh, an understanding and a depth of uh, knowledge of sport in Australia that is, I think, in many ways far beyond their years. They are a, uh, uh, they are a, uh, a great, great um, pairing. They're doing uh, interviews right now with uh, people who are involved with the Australian Olympic team, and there've been some. Yeah, and I've listened to a couple of those. Yeah, I'm in the United States, but uh, I've listened to a couple of them. It's been fascinating because they're, they're great interviewers. They they ask terrific questions. Uh, the way they wrap up episodes is really well done as well. So if you're not listening to them, I strongly encourage you to check them out. Um, ladies and gents, don't forget that uh, if you want to help out the podcast, you can do so by visiting the Buy Me a Coffee page or the Redbubble store page on my on my website. Uh, I hope that you'll consider sharing this episode with your friends and family. You can just pop that link into an email or pop that link onto your social media and share it as well. Uh, would love it if you'd actually, uh, you'll consider giving the podcast a review. You can do that at Apple Podcasts. You can even do it on my website at yankonthefooty.com. You can go on there and put on a review, put a review on there, which, uh, you know, I think is linked up to then uh, Google Analytics as well, but it allows me then to share that review out on social media and and possibly use that as an enticement or an encouragement for other people to want to check out the show. And uh, remember, if you've got you know an idea for a show topic or a guest uh, for the show, which I believe I've just found another one here during the course of this episode, uh, you can certainly. Um, Leave me a, a voicemail on my uh, website. You can leave me an email at yankonthefootygmail.com, on Twitter at yank underscore on. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and on uh, Facebook as well. You can find my podcast, uh, most of the episodes. I'm still updating those on my YouTube channel. Just search out my name, Craig Wessels. Uh, folks, those of you who are listening in Australia, I my, my thoughts and prayers are with you that this whole situation gets resolved quickly that you get back to uh, some sense of normalcy uh, in your lives here very soon uh, Victoria you know, you're, you're, you're having an opportunity to host clubs from the states that looked out for your clubs this past year so be decent you know you're probably not going to be engaging with these these players because the league's wanting to keep these people uh, isolated and safe and healthy. I'm not saying that you're not, but they're wanting to do everything they possibly can. But be decent to them, okay? You don't have to cheer for them at the game at a game, but you know, you don't also have to boo their head off either, okay? So, don't forget, folks. This is a game that we all love. We've got our clubs that we support, okay? And uh, but treat each other with respect. Treat each other well. Uh, again, don't be afraid to reach out to your friends and family who may be living out of state. Check in on them. Make sure they're okay. Okay, or even if they're in-state, check on them as well. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. <laughs>